The financial markets are made up of bulls and bears. But when you listen to most trading gurus, it seems to be all bull. Who to trust? The one who puts a fire under your butt with candlestick flames? Or the one who says you should trade Fibonacci, but you still find yourself losing money 61.8% of the time? It's time to go straight to the source and get the truth about what's working in the markets today with your host, the founder of Top Dog Trading, Barry Burns. Welcome to a special edition of the Online Trading to Win podcast. I'm your host, Barry Burns, and today I have a special guest that I've really been looking forward to talking with, and that's Randy Howell from MyTradersStateOfMind.com. Randy specializes in the psychological aspects of trading, something that so many people struggle with and something that everyone definitely needs to deal with. Even a lot of people who succeed at technical analysis, learn about trading, learn all the terminology, candlesticks, indicators, moving averages, price patterns, whatever. They can learn all that stuff. And then when they come to actually trade the market in real time with real money, all of a sudden, it's like, what happened? <laughs> Everything seemed to be working so good. In the books, everything was, as they say, textbook perfect. And some of us even then go to paper trade or demo trade. And even then, everything works well until, guess what? We put our money on the line. And then everything seems to go higgly-piggly. So what's going on? Well, a lot of it has to do with our own psychology, our behavior. And that's why I brought Randy on today, because he is really an expert in this area. Uh, by the way, again, that website is mytradersstateofmind.com. Highly recommend it. He has a free ebook there that I have downloaded and read the whole thing from beginning to end. And it is excellent. Absolutely highly recommend this. In fact, it comes with my highest recommendation. So I recommend you do that. But uh, before I go any, on any further, Randy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very, very much, Barry. I am. I, I'm delighted to be here. Well, Randy, before we get started with some of the questions, go ahead and please um, introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about your background. Okay. Well, um, I am. This all started innocently enough about ten years ago, and I was a I'm a licensed therapist in North Carolina, and I was getting really bored with being uh, a therapist and working with clinical populations. And I had started a side shoot of performance of, uh, as a performance coach, and one day. I am I'm, I'm actually at an Episcopal spiritual retreat, being a what I would call the token spiritual element within an otherwise very drunken weekend. And I was I was um, doing this piece, this little seminar really early in the morning, eight o'clock, which was too early for a lot of the guys to get there. But a couple of the people that got there, one of them went through this. And after we went through the little workshop, he came up to me and said, uh, you're a performance coach. And I, I was wondering if I could talk to you about what I'm doing in my business and how you might be able to help me. And I said, yeah, well, what's your business? He says, well, my partners and I run a hedge fund. And Barry, I kid you not, I looked at him and said, what's a hedge fund? <laughs> I mean, that's how innocent it was. But anyway, what happened is I started working with him and he had some of the very traditional um, over trading problems where you jump into trades. You really shouldn't be there. And over a period of six months, he really changed the nature of his trading. And he he came to the moment where he realized he was kind of like um, he he was the he was the cleanup batter for for the firm that he worked for would not work for, but was part of a partnership was. And he ended up taking his business otherwise. But after that, he started referring other people to me and other people kind of going and one day, my wife and I looked and we, we, we looked and said, you know something? 20% of our business is traders and portfolio managers, but it represents about 80% of the, uh, of, the, of the profit. And I'm going, this is crazy. And from there, we started moving toward uh, and becoming much more receptive and started, starting writing all the articles, doing the videos and doing the group courses. And before you know it, we had grown and you know, and now we're kind of where we are. And ultimately, um, my big thanks uh, to the trading world, to the financial world, 
is it for it really turned me on to this concept of uncertainty and what happens when the brain is engaged in uncertainty. Because uh, if you get to know me, you'll find out I'm a very strong emotional intelligence guy, and it's very neurobiological in the way I talk, the way I the way I walk a person through, and I train a person to to move from a brain that. Um, can't trade to a brain that accepts probability and loss as part of the game. And so it, it started out innocently enough and it came to a moment where the uncertainty has just, it changed the way I did therapy. It changed the way that I did my counseling. It changed the way that I did my coaching. And I'm actually now looking to expand out, out outside of the, uh, the financial industry into other areas because basically what I'm discovering is many of the people say, yes, this applies directly to the management of uncertainty and it's helped me out immensely, but it's helping me out in other areas of my life too. So it's still an evolution, Barry. It, it really is. It's um, I, I am in evolution. So, but that's the way it started innocently enough and uh, enormous curiosity on my side. Once I really began to understand, Oh, this is really all about, Building the brain and mind that engage uncertainty. It's not about winning or losing. It's about the performance mind that you bring into the moment of uncertainty and you manage and you manage that uncertainty from a very different mindset than the mind that you uh, you brought to trading. Big difference. That's that, that's how I got started. That's how I I've been evolving and it's kind of where I am now. Interesting. Well, we're all always evolving. Well, hopefully we are, right? We should yep. be. <laughs> You're devolving or are you evolving? One of the two. Yes, that's right. And of the two, I will take evolving every day of the week. Every so. time, yeah. <laughs> well, that's very interesting then because, yeah, you're doing performance coast, uh, coaching mostly for businesses, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we, you know, here in Charlotte, we have these Big banks, you know, one got gobbled up by West Coast Bank, but we still have gigantic banks here. And so it, you know, it fosters a lot of the um, that level of um, that level of performance coaching. Yeah. So there is a obviously then there's at least some parallel between performance coaching for business as well as trading, although I imagine there's some differences and huge differences and huge some similarities. Yeah. Oh, yeah. OK. I'd actually, that, Barry, that's actually a very good point that I would like to expand on. Please is do. that it's very it's very common in my business um, to see a retail trader come in and what he's what he's been is a very successful business guy, or very successful in in corporate world, and he has he has that winning attitude. He is that alpha male and also alpha females, but they have that attitude. I'm going to win. I hate losing. And I'm going to make things happen. And they bring that attitude that has been so successful in endeavors like business and they bring it to trading and they end up chasing trades and blowing up and blowing up accounts. They don't bleed. They're not the ones who bleed. They're the ones who gash and blow up accounts. And so what you do is you, you get it is that a lot of alphas, the very mentality, the very ideas they have about success and winning have to go through a transformation if they're going to develop the mind to be a successful trader. Because successful trading is not about making things happen. It's not about winning. You know, you, you don't have control over whether or not you win or lose in trading. You can set in probabilities. But what you do have is you have control over the mind you bring into the moment, performance. And in trading, it makes all the difference in the world. And really difficult for the alphas, the ones who have been super successful and talk a language of success of winning and not losing and stuff like that. They have real difficulty in, in shifting that kind of thinking to the kind of thinking that produces success in trading. Big deal. It's a big deal. Hmm. Yeah, that's uh, very interesting to me because I have a friend, well, he owns one of the largest trading clubs in the country, and he's trained, I don't even know how many people over the decades, but I never forget, he told me that in his experience of bringing on students, the people that is the most challenge 
becoming or uh, developing into profitable traders are people who are doctors, engineers, and accountants. Now, when he first told me that, that actually surprised me a lot. I understand what you're saying about the alpha um, and yeah, making things happen. <laughs> I can so totally one, get that. That's one side of the equation. The other side of the equation okay. is what you're talking about now. Okay. Is that what, what happens when you get around accountants, engineers, doctors, is that first of all, doctors are taught to be in control hmm. and to be right. And you take them to trading and they're not in control over outcome and they can do everything right and still be wrong. Whereas with engineers and accountants, they are taught and even their personalities are going to be such there. They tend to be perfectionists. They tend to have an engineer. When an engineer builds a bridge, you really want them to build in a, a margin of safety. OK, and they're they're caught into here and they're caught into the numbers. And what they don't want to do is lose. You know, losing a bridge is or losing an airplane is even worse. OK. Mm -hmm. And what you see is the very kind of training they went through uh, puts them in the position of trading from fear, not from disciplined impartiality. And disciplined impartiality is a highly evolved emotional cocktail that you're looking and striving to be able to build because out of that emotional cocktail comes the mind that you bring into the moment. Whereas these like the engineers, the airline pilots, they're going to be they're going to have a they're going to have a brain that is developed with a sense of uh, perfectionism where they want to do everything right so they won't be wrong. And what you discover really quickly in trading is that you can do everything right and you're still wrong a good bit of the time. And it freaks <laughs> it freaks out their nervous system, it freaks out their their limbic system about what they're what their limbic memory has basically wired in as the beliefs that are going to engage uncertainty. And it's, it's a, um, but you're looking at, those are the two ends, the, the two sides of the uh, spectrum is you get the alphas over here who blow up things and the rebels who, you know, can't take, take a loss and they start giving a trade more room and they don't want to lose and they start throwing good money after bad. You have those guys over there blowing up chunks of real estate. Then you have the other guys who just kind of bleed, you know, uh, they bleed to death from a thousand tiny cuts. And those are the guys coming out of like the engineering background, that perfectionistic, I've got to be right background. I don't, I don't want to be wrong. And you, what you discover is that both of these guys have default programming in, in their, in their neural system, particularly in their mammalian, well, what we would call the mammalian brain or the limbic system that Basically, it's been taught that when it interacts with uncertainty, that it immediately triggers to vulnerability. You could lose. And vulnerability, if you do not learn to rewire it yourself, it leads directly to fight flight. And so you can see the you can see the engineer or the doctor freezing. And you can see the, the business guy jumping into trades, chasing trades. And then he discovers, why am I even in this trade? What was I doing? He was trying to make things happen. He was chasing. So that, that's both ends of the spectrum. But, yeah, you got it. Yeah, they're, they're both ends. And I see them every day. Wow. That's fascinating. Well, now that you've said that, you've just sparked another question. Is there any personality type that leads itself to successful trading more than another personality type? Well, you know, I would actually I would rather say uh, formative experience. You know, before this podcast, you and I were talking about the way your dad and you would sit at a table in a real old fashioned way, would sit there and start picking stocks. And he, what he was doing is he was teaching you basically how to begin to start not necessarily using technical analysis, but you're, you're looking at fundamental analysis about how are you going to choose this stock? Okay. And you're being taught and you're being taught that it's okay to lose. It's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to there. The truth is, is that I used to think it was Americans that we don't want to make a mistake. You know, we, you know, you know, it's kind of lettered against us in our educational system. We want, we all want to make an A and we don't want to lose points. So we want those, we want to make we don't want to make mistakes. And the truth is, is that the, the person that's going to ultimately get good at trading is a person who learns from mistakes. 
who's not trying to avoid mistakes, but when mistakes happen, they're calm enough to say, what is it I miss? What happened? And in trading, you come to the moment of going, not only is this a mistake, and a matter of fact, it's kind of a rule that I teach with my traders, is that when, let's say you take a loss and you ask these questions, uh, is this a psychological mistake? And you look at it and say, no, I, I would have taken that trade again. Was it a method mistake? No, no, no. I followed my rules. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. And it came down and it comes down to the big question, would you take this trade again? You know, was it a valid setup? And ultimately, a good professional trader has come to the moment when they look at it, they see that they have to take every darn valid setup that comes their way in order to be able to build the edge that their system has. And it's you, you realize, OK, this is just losing. And the truth is that I have to become a really good loser. It's not just that I'm going to learn to lose. No, you have to become an exquisitely good loser because what you want to do is you want to limit the losses in this random distribution that you're trying to find find pattern in. So you're looking at it, you're going, I know that I'm going to be taking losses. And you literally train literally your limbic system, your mammalian brain to be able to accept those. Not and, and for it, it's triggering to the saber tooth tiger when it takes a loss. The limbic system can't tell the difference between a threat to biological self and psychological discomfort. That's something that you have to train into the system and it, it, it can be trained. And you come to the moment where the two big questions is, is this a psychological mistake? Which, by the way, is very correctable. You can say now this if you're willing to look at the mistake, you can say, yeah, I've got some psychological work here. I need to develop this part of myself and I and I need to be able to rewire the limbic system's response to uncertainty. If it's a method mistake, then what happens is you're looking at it going, yeah, I, I screwed up. I fat fingered this. I I did whatever. I didn't follow my rules. And you're going, OK, those are correctable mistakes. The last one, though, you just simply landed on the wrong side of probability. And you recognize the victory is did you follow your rules? Did you execute? And it's a it's a big shift between. Mastering your execution and forcing outcome. And that's that's the big that's the big things that, again, I used to think it was Americans. And what I realized, it's the whole human race. Which has been good for me as a business. So what can I say? <laughs> yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. I keep a trading log and every single trade I take, I have a little square on my trading log. And it's just called mistakes. And so any mistakes that I made, I'll write on there. And if it's a loss, uh, but it's a good, you know, I call it a good loss. Yeah, good loss. Right. <clears throat> I, as long as I kept my rules, mm -hmm. if I lost money, I just write in there, good loss. Good loss. Good and loss. I, I, would, I would actually recommend that for everybody. It'd be a good thing to do because ultimately you've got to retrain the limbic system's understanding of loss. Because we're all taught about, you know, like Bear Bryant, the famous football coach says, you know, it's winning is horrible. And, you know, like tying is like kissing your sister. You know, it, had, it has a really bad fix to it. And yet at the same time, a really good trader is going to be spending somewhere between 40 and 60 percent of his time losing. Mm -hmm. He better get really good at it. Mm. So that when when things get right. And you get into the where where things are going well, you can let the profits run. But um, yes. I worked with a portfolio manager out of Sydney, and literally, what my his boss basically forced him to to work with me. And when you looked at his profit and loss statement on a monthly basis, what you would see, you would see his daily totals, and you would see his losses, uh, and they were fairly minimal. They were well managed, and then there would be a couple gigantic loss days. And then everything would go you know, up and then you'd see his profitable days and you'd see what you, you'd expect out of a good portfolio manager or active investor. You would see that you, these nickel and dime, you know, singles and doubles. And then occasionally he would have oh, four or five times a month. He would have really great days where, you know, he was able to build those profits. The problem was, is that he he came into it. And from a position of uh, wanting to be right, because he used to sell 
basically he used to sell to investment houses. He was actually selling, you know, what positions to take and stuff like that. And the biggest thing for him was to actually get over that. And as he got and and as he and, and you know, the Aussies, man, they're they're really they, a lot of Australians come out of some man. I'll tell you, they're highly competitive guys. And what you you discover is the big deal for him is he had to rearrange what winning was. And it really began, it really evolved around performing rather than not taking a loss. He did not want to take that loss. Mm-hmm. So you change the, your notion of, of winning on a, on a very fundamental primitive level. Yeah. When I was at the Chicago Mercantile Exchange, the uh, floor traders there, I'll never forget two sayings specifically that they shared with me. Number one was the market can do anything at any time. Yep. Unpredictable. You might think you've got, oh, great setup. This meets all the probabilities, my mathematical models, statistics, all that kind of stuff. And they're like, that's great. And yes, if it does that, you definitely should take the trade as long as it's a proven model over a large sample of data. But the fact is, despite that, the market can do anything at any time. News could come over the newswire in the next two minutes, or they said, heck, might not even be real news. Now, nobody was using the word, you know, fake news back then, but they would say it could just be gossip or a rumor and the market just will have a knee-jerk reaction. Yeah. Yeah. And at that point, it doesn't care what your candlestick pattern is. It doesn't care you've got a head and shoulders. It doesn't care what your moving average are, what, what stochastic says, or MACD, or LMNOP, or any other crazy indicator. You know, people just have this emotional knee-jerk reaction. It can just blow up your whole thing. So any, and then they would say another, the other saying that they would say is a scratch is a win, which seems to me to kind of reflect the um, mentality you're talking about here. They would have all the minimized loss is what you're saying. Well, yeah. And they would say, you know, whenever your probability setup occurs, you've got to take it every single time. Otherwise we as humans just seem to have this knack and I've experienced this where I'll take some of my uh, high probability setups, but not all of them. And it just seems like I always choose the wrong ones. (laughs) Right. You have to take all of them. It's really interesting is ideally you would be taking 100% of the valid setups that come your way. Mm -hmm. But in professional trading, what you discover is that realistically you can hit about 80%. Yeah. And what, when you're working with professional traders, what you're looking is that you're looking at that percentage of how many of the valid setups that comes his way does he take and what you'll see problems um, you'll see problems with guys that are taking less than 50% because at mm-hmm. that particular time they're cherry picking and they're deciding indiscriminately what setups they're going to take based on not their rules, but their internal, internal states. And boy, that's a, you don't ever touch trust feelings, like particularly certainty mm-hmm. is very people really don't understand emotions is that the feeling part of an emotion is uh, a very small part of the emotion. And when you're actually feeling an emotion, what you're actually doing is you're experiencing the chemistry of that emotion in your body and in your brain, altering the way you perceive. And what you discover really quickly is when you're in the throes of an emotion, you believe that emotion as if it were true. And probably one of the most deadly ones is certainty that being right is that what they don't, what a trader doesn't recognize. And I might, might, might add the rest of the human race is that all that is, is a feeling of an emotion that's causing you to believe in certainty that this is right. When in fact it may have a high probability, it may have uh, some probability, but the chance of it being factually right are very slim. And uh, certainty is a really big one. And you just know you're right. You know you're right. And uh, uh, when you're drunk. You're emotionally drunk when you're feeling that. And what you discover is that what you what this is really all about is taking off the default emotional programming. And when I de- when I define emotion, Barry, I define an emotion as a biological action potential that coordinates action between the organism, that would be the trader, 
and the environment. That would be the markets. They're, they're biological. They fire. They chemically alter the brain and the brain produces thought and you think you're thinking. And so you're, you're going, wow, this whole thing is about what emotions are triggering and, and rising up that create mind when I engage uncertainty. And the, you will never have freedom from emotion. These guys say, don't, don't trade, don't trade what you feel, trade what you see. Well, what happens is you're, you're seeing is totally dependent upon what you believe emotionally. And so you're going, what, how do I go about building the brain? How do I build a brain that gives rise to a mind for probability? And the truth is, is you're looking to go in and to be able to take emotional programs that are already there and you pull them forward. And the ones that work for trading are discipline and impartiality. And discipline, I would define as maintaining order under pressure. And impartiality is what we would call clear thinking. When those are present, you you have the mind that can work with probability and accept probability. And whatever decision you make, you're going, okay, I had the right setup, and we're just going to find out how it plays out. Most traders have already lost before they even begin because they are walking into their rooms already in dread. And not just retail traders is that it's very common when you look at an investment house where portfolio managers and traders are coming there. They're waking up in the morning, six o'clock in the morning. They're going for their smartphone and they're plugging in to find out what's happened overnight. What's going on? What's going on? And by the time they get to by the time they get to their office, they're already cranked up on anxiety. Okay, I actually worked with a fund manager in Singapore. and what. Literally, this is this is what they paid me a ton of money to do is that we found out that he was a runner and that he would come into his office and he would ha- he would do this thing of where he's, you know, he's he's got his iPhone phone and he's going all these numbers. And by the time he gets to trade time, he gets to the office, he's all worked up and stuff like that. And he has horrible mornings. And then he goes for a run at lunch and he comes back and he makes up and more for what he did in the morning. What he's done is he's burned out the chemistry of the emotion of anxiety, and he's found a, uh, a much better, a much better mood emotion to be able to act from in the afternoon. Literally, what we did is we had him running in the morning so that when he, when he finally or instead of listening, instead of plugging into all the electronic media and getting all this news and what we what we were doing is we were burning out the chemistry. And replacing it with uh, with a with an emotional cocktail that was similar to his afternoon mind. Okay, and I thought this is really funny, guy. All I'm doing is at telling this guy to run at a different time of day, and they think it's a really big, huge deal. And they were they were they were like really happy with the results that came out of it. But that's one of the big things is people don't recognize is this is really whether or not you like it or not. You don't have emotions. Emotions have you. And there is no such thing as freedom from emotion, but there is freedom of emotion. So, And what you're doing as a trader, as a manager of uncertainty, what you're really doing, you're saying, what is the best emotional cocktail to produce a mind that can manage the uncertainty? Rarely is it the mind that you brought to trading. It needs to be built usually from the ground up and it, it um, and Barry, there is actually uh, a place in the brain where information is coming in from the sensor- sensorial modalities and it hits what is known as the thalamus processing area. It's part of the limbic system and it's more, it's, it's like a traffic cop. Literally when that information comes in, the traffic cop looks at it, makes a gut level decision about whether or not that's dangerous excuse me, information needs to be acting on right now or whether or not you can send it along to the thinking brain. If that traffic cop at this thalamus processing region decides that it's dangerous, it will wire it to what is known as the low road and it takes 0.003 seconds 
to go from that thalamus processing area to the amygdala and then to the adrenals and blowing up the whole fight flight thing. However, if you can learn to calm, calm that information down as it hits the thalamus region, what you do is you slow it down. You, can, you control the intensity of the emotion. And what that region will do is they will, they will send the, they will send the information to your thinking brain. That's the, that's the impartiality. That's the logic that you want. And suddenly, but it takes a half a second. So what you're looking at is to train the brain, train so that it produces a mind that can manage probability rather than certainty, which is, by the way, the exact opposite that evolution has produced as a, uh, for us. And that's why so many people just simply can never make it at traders. They don't recognize that this is all about managing emotional nature to produce the kind of mind that can manage probability. Uh, that was a little long, but that's my soap. That's my soapbox. <laughs> wow. Wow. Well, that was very deep. Uh, I love that. See, that's not the kind of thing that you hear every day in the trading community, but it's, you know what? It, it's fantastic. First of all, number one, number two, it also reminds me of everyday life, right? Yeah. People, um, you know, they, they say, oh, I'm going to diet, I'm going to lose weight, I'm going to stick to a workout schedule. And they start out with great intentions, they do it for a little while, and we all know the New Year's Eve phenomena where they don't follow through. Uh, heck, it goes back and talk about human nature. This goes all the way back to um, St. Paul in the book of Romans. I actually pulled up this quote while you were talking here because it reminded me of this uh, a quote in the Bible where he says, uh, for I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. In Romans 7 through, uh, 7 through 14. Yeah, through 21. Oh, there you go. But yep. I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. <laughs> yeah, that's the internal struggle or what I call in my business the internal dialogue. Mm -hmm. and, and Barry, it's really interesting is that um, most people – when they're on a self-development kick, what they're doing is they're trying to reprogram the subconscious by repetition. They're having positive thoughts. They're having this. They're using affirmations. They're using visualizations. They're doing this. And you think if I keep flooding that subconscious mind with this information, then finally it's going to start rolling out the money. Mm -hmm. And it just doesn't work that way at all. Inside your brain, uh, if you looked at it, your brain really is a community of rival emotional programs that are duking it out and the winners create what you would call the historical self a good depiction of this if you've ever seen the movie from pixar disney inside out they have a beautiful example of the way the emotional programs get together duke it out and have this internal struggle going on and what you see is that the, the little girl is you know bouncing around the world with Paul here, basically what you're doing is you're recognizing, he's actually recognizing that there is an inner critic living within you. And, you know, in Chinese, ancient Chinese philosophy, they would have called that yin yang, that destructive and constructive part. If you were to look into the Cherokee uh, Indians of southeastern United States, they would have said that there were two wolves that lived within you, one bad wolf, one good wolf, and the one that you fed would be the one that basically your life was shaped by. They held you directly responsible for what parts of the brain, what parts of the mind took hold and grew and took over. And, and the, uh, I'll, I'll give you, speaking of Paul, is if you and I were to take a time machine and go back to biblical times, and we were to talk to a bunch of Aramaic-speaking people, okay, and we were to ask them, and this was be of the Judeo-Christian tradition, okay? Uh, and we were to say we were listening to them, and we would hear them talking about this concept, Satan, Santana. And we were to ask them, uh, this, this, this word you keep using, this, this word, Santana, Satan, what, translate that into modern English that, that Barry and I can understand. Do you know what the 
translation would be that they would tell us. Hmm. What would that be? Prosecuting attorney. Ah, interesting. Yeah. What happens is there is a prosecuting attorney that lives in your mind. Actually, I would say it's an emotional program, and it's a very destructive part of the brain that can be turned on and off. Okay? And when it shows up, if you've ever beaten yourself up, if you've ever heard think, what in the hell do you think you were doing? Who said you could trade? Why do you think you're going to build a business? You're going to be a proprietary trader? That's a joke. You hear that. That's not you. What that, is, what that is, is that's the inner critic within you as an emotional program being given voice in your mind. But most of us want to push that away because it's really, you know, it doesn't feel good. It feels really yucky. And if we can try to shut it down or if we try to, like, produce all this positive talk, we can say, hmm. But the truth is, is that that inner critic is going to be defined by a sense of judgment, a sense of criticism, or a sense of temptation. And if you've ever overtraded, you know what temptation is. If you have ever frozen, you know you know what it's like to be, oh, my God, what if I'm wrong? What if I'm an idiot? And all of a sudden, you're beginning to go, wow. You see, you see the mind as this um, – I, I view the mind the way I teach it is that it's really a – it's really a boardroom where they're basically the management of a company is being basically constructed there. And there's a power struggle going on between what that where where destructive elements of that company want to want. They want to take that company and constructive elements. And what happened is that you, the chairman of the board, have been fast asleep at the wheel because you haven't taken the time to understand mind very well. And I would call it observation where you begin to recognize that you and your thoughts, you and your beliefs, you and your emotions are not the same. And as you wake up, you begin to say, what observer am I bringing to this moment? And what happens is most people's observer is fast asleep. That's why they keep getting TKO'd in their trading because they're not, they're not, they haven't awakened this section and we would call that mindfulness, where mm -hmm. you're, you're stepping back and you're recognizing, oh, my God, I, oh, my God, yeah, I'm not having emotions. They're having me. I'm not having thoughts. They're having me. I need to change this. I need to wake up. I need to start reorganizing this committee of the mind so that it becomes an effective instrument to use and management of uncertainty. And what most people discover as they do that, their decisions in a lot of other areas of their life also improve dramatically. The difference in trading and other endeavors in life is that trading is like instant karma. You're going to find out about it real soon. Your trading account is going to show you point blank whether or not the virtual representation that your brain has built and is projecting onto the onto the markets, those are called your beliefs, whether or not it's effective in extracting capital out of the markets or not. And it's a, it's a, it's a black and white truth meter, whereas you and I in our regular lives, man, we can deceive ourselves like crazy. We can listen to that inner critic and say, ah, there's really nothing wrong. The truth is I, I need another, you know, I need another gimmick. I need another thing. I need another teacher. I need another... I need some another signal. I need this. I need that. And what you're doing is you're ignoring. It's kind of like having an incredibly effective racing machine, you know, like a Grand Am machine, and then not training the driver to drive at 250 miles an hour. That's what we do with trading is we don't train the driver of your methodology and the driver of that platform. We don't train the psychology, the performance psychology of who's in control of all this. And they keep thinking that it's going to wake up and be better. But the truth is, you'll, you'll know as well as I do, that the average lifespan of a trader is about three years. They burn through their capital in three years. And the cycle just keeps on and on and on and on. And what you're going is, man, if you would only train yourself, because ultimately this brain of yours simply is not going to be effective 
in the management of uncertainty. It wants control. It wants to be right. It wants to predict outcome. And in trading, you have to see that as an illusion. You have to see the illusion of control. And you're going, I have to learn to be a very different kind of mind that accepts losses and wins and doesn't get all cranked up about my wins because all I really did was land on the right side of probability. And my losses, all I really did was land on the wrong side of, of uh, my own possibility, assuming that you're, you're, you didn't make method mistakes and you didn't make psychological mistakes. But I, I am continually amazed that people walk into trading thinking that they can take their mind right off, right off the stock shelf and apply it directly to trading without retooling it for the demands of trading. It's just like crazy to me, but you know, what can I say? (laughs) Well, I I think you've explained it very well. You know, you use certain terms there, observer, mindfulness, illusion, these, these terms, uh, they remind me of Zen. I've done a lot of uh, Zen meditation, gone on Zen retreats and so forth, found it extremely helpful um, so could something such as that, doing meditation and things really help a trader or maybe let me just, uh, big picture it. So how, okay. So you've described all these things, which are fantastic and a new understanding, a new insight. How do we go ahead and rewire the limbic system? How do we go about reshaping the brain and the mind for the purpose of trading? Well, that's a pretty big question. So now I'm going to take a small bite out of it. Okay. Okay. The very first thing is in terms of meditation, I really strongly encourage people uh, to find a form of meditation that works for them. The one that I think is most applicable to trading and the one that I teach in my courses is mindfulness. Or, you know, from my standpoint, you can call it mindfulness, you can call it metacognition, or you can call it awakening the observer. I, I like awakening the observer. And I, I certainly apply uh, the tenets of Zen and watchfulness and mindfulness to to my mental life. The the difference in what I do with Zen is that I'm just not I'm not teaching clients to watch the um, watch the thought bubble up out of nothing, have a life, and then recede back into the nothingness from what it came from. What I'm doing is I'm wanting them to see the to see the thought arise and to ask what emotional program is that thought coming from? That will tell, and you know, it's not hard once you start teaching yourself emotional intelligence because, you know, emotional competence is not like IQ. You know, emotional competence can be developed, whereas IQ is pretty much set, okay? The thing is, is that what you begin to realize is that I, as I build my emotional IQ, I can start deciding which emotional programs give rise to thoughts. You can't change that you're engaging uncertainty. You can't change that the brain's going to trigger to vulnerability. What you can change is the mind that you bring to that vulnerability. Okay. And that, that's the big thing. So mindfulness is uh, by far the, uh, the, the, that meditation technique that I would, strongly recommend as a matter of fact i you know a a chunk of my course is built around mindfulness from there but the the um do you want me to take that further because you would you would ask what other things can i do and stuff like that okay yeah Absolutely. If there's anything, um, yeah, practical, you know, so taking all this information about the theory and why it happens and so forth, the difference between the emotional brain and the thinking brain. So, yeah, how, the how-to. Yeah. Ultimately, what you're doing is you are, your job as a trader is developing a mind that integrates both emotional brain and rational brain together, the left brain, the right brain are the mammalian brain and the neocortex together, okay? And in doing that, you really truly have to begin to understand that you are the embodiment of emotion. Even men who do not believe that there are emotions beyond reason and anger have to get, no, you don't, you're not alive if it's not for emotions. Emotions just simply are constantly firing. It's just that you're not aware of them. 
<clears throat> what I do, and this is what I strongly recommend, is that emotions are biological. They grow and they take over mind. But because they're biological, one of the big powerful things that you can do is you find that breathing and tension are part of an emotion. And tomorrow, I, my inv invitation is for people to really start observing their bodies, not their minds. That's, that's a little bit more difficult. That's a little more tricky. Takes a little more uh, coaching, that kind of stuff. But observe the body. When you are observing tension in the body, what you are experiencing is the arousal of an emotion, most likely a fight or flight emotion. And you're going, oh, there's tension there. Then observe your breath. What you will notice is that your breath has halted or that you're breathing very high in the, in the lungs. And what you have to do is you have to shift it to diaphragmatic breathing and you have to intentionally start releasing tension in your muscles and very typical in your jaw, you know, your frow, your shoulders, your thighs, your gut, all these places. And you're going, oh, my God, I had no idea. That's an emotion. Yes. And you're actually when you start feeling the emotion, I mean, I mean, tactically feeling it, feeling, oh, my God, you know, my God, my jaw is like clenched. That is telling you the emotions growing. And if you don't catch it pretty soon, it's going to move from accelerating to moving into the body. And you're cooked. Once the, once it becomes a feeling chemistry in the body, you're cooked. The best thing you can do is get out of the, get out of what you're doing and start exercising and burn out the emotion, the chemistry of the emotion. So what you're doing is you're saying, I want to start observing my body. And I actually recommend a mirror where you're watching, you have a mirror where you can watch yourself in the mirror. And most people are going, oh, my God, I had no idea. I had no idea that I was so contorted. And and I also recommend it. I have some people that will actually use a video feed where they're watching, where they're watching themselves in the video feed. Um, you know, if you have a spare computer, that's OK. But a mirror will do just the same trick. But what you're doing is you're observing and saying, I'm becoming aware of the emotion triggering a lot sooner than the awareness I have of emotions right now. Most people don't notice the emotion until it's already kicked them in the side of the head. And they go, oh, my God, what happened? What was I, what was I thinking? Well, you didn't catch the emotion taking over mind when you could have done something about it. If you go in and, and it's a form of mindfulness, but the mindfulness is you become observer of the body. And you begin to start noticing, yeah, I carry a lot of tension in my body. Oh, I carry a lot of tension. Oh, that means that I'm constantly triggering fight flight. And it's beginning to the big muscles are beginning to get tense, ready to run or fight. So you're already seeing that if I can't stop that, I'm going to compromise my ability to bring a logical mind to the game of trading. And the same thing with, with breath. Most people discover that they hold their breath or that they have this real shallow breathing and that they can't understand why they have a hard problem with anxiety. Well, they're breathing in such a way that promotes the anxiety. In the same way, like with anger, what you'll see is you'll see people literally going, holding their breath, and you can see you'll see that and you're going, you better catch that real soon. Now, Barry, is this a cure? No. What I what happens with me and the way I train is that I recognize that emotional regulation is not going to cure the problem. But without emotional regulation, you're never going to get to the door of the mind because you've already been hijacked. And the whole goal is to get to the mind and to start looking in. And the, the, this, the last thing that I would recommend is everybody takes, uh, they, they like to do these journals and they journal their thoughts and stuff like that. Journaling your thoughts is okay, but the problem is it doesn't really give you the information you need. What you need to see is where does that thought come from? And you start saying, hmm, 
if Randy's right and the brain really is a community of emotional programs duking it out, I need to find out which programs are giving rise to thoughts. Fortunately, there are some there are some thoughts that are, you know, when you feel temptation, when you feel that urgency to jump into a trade, to chase that trade, you know, what you're doing is, OK, that's chase. That's chase mentality. And I have a sense I have a sense of temptation to jump in there. At the same time, you might be sitting there going, you know, I got all the confirmations out of my gazoo, but I still think I want more. And you're going and all of a sudden you notice your gut is tense. You notice that you're breathing like this and you start going, "Okay, what am I hearing in my head? What if I'm wrong? What if I'm wrong? What if you're wrong? Do you want to be stupid again? And you're hearing it. You're going, "Okay, where is that coming from? Is it coming from fear? Or is it coming or, or is it maybe coming from accusation, judgment? And so you're you're going, wow, there's a lot to learn. Uh, there is. If you want to become a competent trader, you're going to have to get to know yourself, whether or not you like it or not. Uh, if you don't, the trading gods will give you ample opportunity to retake a look at that and get to know the self about what's triggering. Because the brain that you brought to trading is not going to work for success in trading. It may have been successful strongly successful in a lot of other domains but you know trading is very specific it is it is an adventure in managing uncertainty and your brain abhors uncertainty so you you see the thing and these are techniques that you can use initially um and in my courses obviously i have more sophisticated techniques and deeper techniques but these i guarantee you these can change the way you trade Wow. Excellent. Yeah, that's really good. You know, I um, was at a Tony Robbins seminar last year and uh, he talked about something similar, not with trading, obviously, but how you can become aware of your emotions through your physicality and then you can reverse engineer that back, change your phys- physiology um, and and uh, tap into your emotions and change your emotions as well. Yes, and, you can. Um, it, it's, it was very interesting. Um the way that he presented that and I'm hearing, you know, something similar from you here and to all of our listeners. Well, there you go. As Randy said, that's something you can do tomorrow or heck, why wait till tomorrow today? Start right away yeah. right now. <laughs> you know, if you're, if you're doing the London or if you're, you know, if you're, Hey, it's, you know, or if you're, if you're in the UK, you got till nine o'clock. So, you know, you, you could be doing this stuff. Absolutely. Or if you're trading Forex around the globe. <laughs> around the globe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that's, that's, I lo- what I love are, I, um, you know, when you get into this business and I, uh, you know, uh, we are so focused on Eastern Standard Time because the New York Stock Exchange is in Eastern Standard Time that, you know, it's just normal for us. That's the normal thing that we're in down here in North Carolina. And then you start talking with people all over the world and they have just revamped entirely the way they sleep, the way they live and stuff like that for these different time zones and the, the different exchanges. And it's just crazy to me. And, uh, it really is. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I used to live in Florida and uh, I love California. I love Los Angeles, but I'm not real crazy about getting up at 530 in the morning to trade, but I still do it anyway. There so. you go. There you go. <laughs> well, Randy, thank you so much. My gosh, you've shared so much information with us. This went longer than normal because, well, frankly, because what you shared was just so fascinating and you have so much. And obviously, there's a lot more to this than can be covered in the short amount of time that we, we spent together. So uh, tell our listeners how they can go to the next step, tap into the services that you offer. Yeah. And um, yeah, go ahead. Well, what I would re- recommend is this, is that tomorrow, believe it or not, we're having a um, we're having what we have. A, we call it our monthly webinar. And, you know, there's PowerPoint and stuff like that. And I go into much greater depth when I'm explaining this. And in that seminar, what happens is we're leading up to an offering of our group course uh, a little later this September. And if people are. You know, first of all, if you don't know who I am and stuff like that, get the free stuff. I have uh, I have a content rich website 
where people will get on that and spend hours reading articles, watching videos, just learning. But once you get past all that, you start saying, well, yeah, he seems to know what he's talking about. But how do I how do I actually learn how to do this? And that's you know, that's when you start going, well, we have courses for that. okay? and the group course is a very powerful and we would call it economical because we ultimately built the course because trader trainers were coming at us saying, look, our guys can't afford the personal stuff. Can you give them something that teaches them the fundamentals of how to go about changing the brain into a a probability based apparatus rather than what they've got? And that's the that's the group course. And if you want to learn more about it, come to the uh, the webinar tomorrow. And we didn't plan it around you, but it was it was sitting there. And I would I would uh, I would encourage that. And I would uh, I would very strongly encourage you to look at the group course as a way of taking that first real step of recognizing that, you know, I've dumped a lot of money into trading, both in uh, all the stuff I have and all my uh and all my experience that has cost me money and start recognizing is that nothing's really going to change until you change the mind that observes the markets. And that's what this course does. It helps you to develop those tools that literally are within you. You just have to learn how to pull them up. It's powerful. It's a very powerful course. Right. And I was going to say there's a lot of people who need this, but I'm going to modify that. Everybody needs this. Every trader needs this. It's it's not optional. Yeah, okay, Barry, that's interesting you say that because I will work with people who are successful traders, proprietary traders, whatever. They're coming to me because they're stuck at a particular place hmm. and they haven't figured out how to get beyond that place. So this isn't just about, you know, learning to read and write, you know, it. you may have to start there, but this is also about, you know, uh, basically master level courses and in, in quantum physics. And in, in many ways, it's the learning curve just goes on forever. It really does. I mean, hey, that's life. Um, you know, I see a big parallel between trade ma- uh, mastery of trading and the mastery of life. Absolutely. And, Right. All all, the mastery of anything is really self-mastery and trading, especially. So um, and by the way, uh, since this is a podcast and we'll get a lot of people listening at all different times of the month or months ahead or years into the future, uh, just go to Randy's website. Again, that's mytraderstateofmind.com. I'll put a link in the show notes for that. And when you go to that, you'll see a navigation bar across the top. And there is a link for free webinars. So whenever you're listening to this, you'll be able to click on there and catch the next one that's scheduled at whatever time you happen to be watching this. So, Randy, thank you very much. Any last words? Uh, You've got so much great stuff you've shared with us. I don't want to cut you off from any other pearls of wisdom you have to share with us. It's just I've just had a really great time. And um, Barry, if you will let me know when you have this up. I will also put it on my social media so that people will be able to um, have access to it, learn about you, and um, and we'll just go from there. Of course. Absolutely. Yeah. The more people we can expose to this, the better, because we're all about helping traders. And again, as I said, this is something everyone needs. It's, it's not optional. If you're going to be a, a successful trader and you really want to go as far as you can, you've got to master trading psychology. That's absolutely everybody. hundred percent. All right, Randy. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. I know your schedule is very, very busy. So really, really am grateful that you carved out some time in your busy schedule to be with me and to help so many traders out there. You are most welcome. You've been listening to the online trading to win podcast with Barry Burns. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher and leave a great review. For more information about our free indicators and courses, visit OnlineTradingToWin.com. 
Neither online trading to win, Top Dog Trading, nor Barry Burns are registered as securities broker-dealers or investment advisors, either with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission or with any state securities regulatory authority, and are not licensed to provide investment advice. Trading and investing involves substantial risk. Financial loss, even above the amount invested, is possible and common. We do not imply, predict, or guarantee that you will be successful in earning any money whatsoever. Past results of any individual trader are not indicative of future returns by that trader and are not indicative of future returns which may be realized by you. We do not assume responsibility or liability for your trading and investment results. This is provided for informational and educational purposes only and should not be construed as investment advice.